I am not going to hold back, and I am not afraid. Would you stand with me this morning? Appreciate those words of encouragement. And I would encourage you today to get a hold of God. How you leave here is determined by your attitude and what you want. If you want to rush to In-N-Out Burger, you might as well go now. Get your burger. Get a double-double animal style. But if you want God, you're going to have to get in the service. Let Him bless you. Let Him tune you up. Let Him come into your life and take control. Because He wants to do that today. title of my sermon today, if you go ahead and throw that up there for me, is The Incomparable Christ. The Incomparable Christ. The Bible says in John chapter 1, the Apostle John, and reading from verse number 1, speaking of Jesus, every time you hear the word, word, in this particular passage of Scripture, it is a personal pronoun. It's like addressing Jesus personally. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Speaking of the Word, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Would you look to the Word this morning and let Him have His way? Break down the walls, anything that has held you back. If you're waiting for a better service, we may not ever have another service. This is your time to receive. Would you look to Him? Father, we give you praise and we thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for my brother and my sisters that are here today. I thank you for the opportunity of being in your presence. But I pray now, mold me, shape me, make me into your image. Pour into me your word and your instruction. Father, tear down the walls that have kept me separated from you. Take away anything, Lord, that is holding me back. I present my chains to you, Lord, that you might break them. I present my ball and chain that you might take them away and cast them asunder. This day, Lord, this day is a day of freedom. This day is a day of deliverance. Now, at this moment, Lord God, in this moment of eternity, change me into your image, I pray in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm going to receive today. God is a good God. Now, I'm limited to only pictures I can find of the Lord. I don't think PowerPoint could contain His glory. I don't think any photographer, any painter, someone who would come up with a portrait could possibly dictate and and 
give to you exactly the aura and the magnificence of the Lord. I don't think our human bodies could really stand in front of such awesomeness. But as we today look at the Lord in, in this particular depiction, I believe he's just holding creation in his hands. The Bible says that without him was not anything made that was made. That includes everything you see in the stars and the sky at night. That includes the chair you're sitting on, the fabric that it's made out, the carpet that you walk on. That includes the blood cells that are coursing through your body. That includes every nerve synapse that's now going on inside of your brain. Every emotion, every feeling, every presence of God that you was given to you and you're able to feel Him. His presence. Would you give him praise and glory this morning? In the beginning was the word. The beginning of what? The beginning of time? No. Far beyond that. Far beyond what we ever read in the word of God. Far back in time. Before time ever was. Before the sun was ever created to mark each day that we enjoy. In the beginning. The beginning of eternity. He was there. If you read the word of God and you understand what he's talking about. There was a time when all there was, was God. Everything that you see was provided by your master for your enjoyment and your pleasure. Go to the next slide if you would. This is a depiction, I believe it's probably of the Eagle Nebula. Those bright stars that you see scattered there are several light years apart. This is what the Hubble telescope has seen in, in the distances. A light year is the distance that light will travel in one year. Light travels at the speed of 186,000 miles per second. Those stars are so far apart that you can only see them because we are that far away from them and we finally get a field of perspective. But the universe is massive. Go to the next slide if you would. I want to talk about God. This is our little teeny tiny solar system. Teeny, teeny, tiny. We see the sun, which is many, many, many times bigger than the earth. And the earth is that third rock from the sun. You have Mercury and Venus. And then the earth and Mars is over there kind of at the top. Now Jupiter is probably next in line, but Jupiter is a gaseous giant. It is enormous. It is hundreds, if not thousands of times bigger than the earth. So you realize... This is only condensed so you could get a look at it. Those planets are massive, especially Jupiter, Saturn, and Neptune. No, I'm not going to say that one. And that little tiny planet way out, no longer is it a planet. They, they've, they've called it now, it's a dwarf planet. But it is way, way, way out there. Now you see the sun, how massive it is. I'm going to show you the sun in the next Panel, Go ahead and change, please. This is a depiction of the Milky Way galaxy. It's an average size 
pinwheel galaxy. Now pick any star that you see, those that kind of look like bright dust, oh, those are stars. There's trillions of stars in our Milky Way galaxy. Just pick one of those stars in one of the spiraling arms and that can be your sun. And we're revolving about one of those teeny tiny little stars thinking that we are really something because we have our solar system and we're traveling, sending things out to other planets. But we are but a grain of sand in just our galaxy. Trillions, trillions of stars in the Milky Way. Now, would you go to the next panel, please? You see those disks, those bright oblong objects? The Hubble Space Telescope has taken a picture into deep space. Each one of those bright objects, those aren't stars. Those are galaxies. You can just imagine any of those to be the Milky Way. There are billions of galaxies like ours. And it would take light years for us to get across our galaxy. But God made billions of them. And no, they don't think there is an edge to space. You don't run into a wall out there. What I'm trying to get across to you, God made all of these things. And as he spoke them, they came into existence. And he placed them there thousands and millions of light years away. Scientists will say that. Well, yet then, then, uh, then creation can't be just 6,000 years. I want to tell you something. God can put those galaxies in place, let the light shine back to you and I, and it can all be done in a moment of time. Physics, science, all of the studies, they, they are good, but I want to tell you I know the master scientist and the one that created science and the one that knows physics, uh, the one that made gravity so you could sit there and not fly to the top of the ceiling. I know him. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Now this universe in all of its splendor, God created and made it before he made man. And when it got to the sixth day, he said, and there was a conference in the Godhead, let us, there's the Trinity, let us make man in our own image. First of the Christian doctrines we need to get into our hearts. That God presents himself in Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you want to get it right in church, you need to know that your brothers and sisters are important. If God lives in community, you will live in community as well. 
That you will pray for your pastors and your pastors will pray for you. That you'll build one another up in the spirit instead of tearing one another down. You'll never find an argument in the Trinity. You'll never find disunity, disagreement. It does not exist. So you have to love me to get to heaven. It might be difficult. Would you go to the next slide, please? God is talking today, but are you listening? He's trying to get a message across to you and I. Since you are God's greatest creation, made on the sixth day, made into his image, you have body, soul, and spirit, a trinity on two feet. Body, soul, and spirit, do you get that? God made you in his image. You are eternal. You will be somewhere 10 billion years from today. You can decide. And he gives you choice. God has choice and he gives you choice. You can decide what your future is going to be. Now God already knows that because he's God. But he doesn't determine your future. He lets you decide. Big responsibility, isn't it? I want to tell you something. Brother Jose, I'm going to heaven and there's nothing you can do about it. You make your mind up. I'm going to serve Christ. I want him to mold me and shape me into his image. I'm not going to heaven because I'm good. I'm going to heaven because Jesus forgave me of my sins and he cleansed me from all unrighteousness. That if we sin, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He made everything and he made it available for you to spend eternity with him. Where will you spend it? He's trying to tell us something. Would you go to the next slide? Are you listening? The Bible says one of the greatest prophetic chapters in the whole Bible. We're going to be studying Revelation here soon. But if you want to get a jump on it, you go into Matthew chapter 24. Now I'm going to give you a little forewarning. When you're reading Matthew 24 and much of prophetic scripture, it will often speak in parenthetical, small, concise areas about one particular subject and then jump maybe a thousand years into the future in the next few verses. You've got to study the Word of God to know where we're talking. Now here, Matthew chapter 24, verse 5, Jesus speaking to his disciples concerning the end times. He says, many shall come in my name and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence, pestilence and earthquakes in many places. The word pestilence means plague or a pest. It's just not something uh, dealing with a bad flu or 
a, a, a terrible disease or AIDS or it's just it means anything that can come upon mankind upon the earth and plague it or be a pest to what God's perfect will for that individual or for someone's life it can be a pestilence would you go to the next slide please false Christs let's talk about false Christ I've been around a long time and I've seen people come along that claim that they had a word from the Lord and they led people into the jungles in Guyana and they ended up drinking the Kool-Aid. <clears throat> Have you ever heard that phrase? Drinking the Kool-Aid. <clears throat> well, you think, well, I'm glad I wasn't in that group of people. But what about those today that are wanting you to drink the Kool-Aid? They tell you everything is going to be all right. They put a big smile on their face and say, homosexuality is a sin. But they don't tell you that if you participate in those kind of things that you're chosen to go to hell. It's not a joke. Be your best self now. How about you let Christ take over your life that you put yourself away and let Jesus Christ step forth and live his life through you? I don't want to be the best me. I want to be the best Christian that I can be. I don't want to be able to speak the very best. I want Christ to be able to take this lump of clay and speak through power and authority in his mighty name. It's not about me. It's not me, 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 me. Feel good and fill the stadium full of people that just want to be the best me. Now, I can't help it what God called me to do in the end days, but you're living in the last days. And I believe God has set me up to be a mouthpiece to warn you exactly what's going on in the world today. Don't drink the Kool Aid. There's a prosperity gospel that's been around for decades now. Just send your money, your seed money. I'm going to water it and it's going to grow and you're just going to get a boatload of cash at your front door. Wrong! Here's my advice. Stay in the Word of God. Pay your tithes. Go to work every day. Provide for your family. And God will bless you abundantly. God never promised that you're going to be rich because you serve him. And you send such and such your money. I would advise you, if you don't know what to do with your money, get on your knees and pray and ask God. Get with your godly pastors and ask them about tithing and giving. And then don't get into plastic prison. Spend only the money that you can afford. And God will work miracles in your life. Wars and rumors of wars. I wrote that guy's name down, but it was 
Jung Sung something in Korea. The guy that looks like a, a, a moppet that uh, stuck his finger in a light socket. This guy is just begging to fly into the bug zapper. I, I don't understand what's going on in his brain, but he's fixing to have his country wiped off the map. Wars and rumors of wars. They set something off yesterday. They, they thought it was an earthquake. You are living in the last days. The drumbeat started years ago, but it's getting faster and faster and faster. There'll be more of these kind of dictators that pop up. There'll be more wars and rumors of wars. We've seen the floods and the fires, the pestilence that's come upon the earth. Oh yeah, when I was growing up, the only earthquake we even could talk about was the San Francisco earthquake that happened in 1906. No, I'm not that old. It, it was written in a history book. I'm not that old, but I'm pretty old. And I'm coming to tell you since in my lifetime, there's been hundreds and thousands of earthquakes that we're hearing about that is happening somewhere in the world on a regular basis. The floods down in Texas are going to continue. That Gulf Coast is going to continue to flee. You say, well, it's all global warming. You can call it what you want, global warming, but it was all provided and written in time in the mind of God. You are living in the era when it's going to happen and happen with frequency. All you got to do is step outside the doors and take a deep breath. Fires up and down California till it's nearly affecting the weather itself. There'll probably be more before the fire season is over with. The pestilence, God is talking. But are you listening? Over the past weekend, I believe it was Friday or Saturday, San Francisco was 160. Six. 106. Never. You, you would have thought you were in Woodland in the 4th of July sales box out there. That's how it felt in San Francisco. Vallejo was like 103. We generally, in, in my younger years, had three days of hot weather, then there was like a week or two a break in between. But now it's mounting. The drumbeat's getting faster and faster and faster. The floods and the fires. The unprecedented heat. It's oppressive out there. I know you are used to it. But down in the Bay Area, we're not used to that. And it's just as hot within a couple of degrees down in Vallejo as you are up here in Woodland. It's nearly as hot. We just stay inside because you, got, you can't do anything. We have the pestilence of shooting our police officers. They're shooting people. They're shooting the police. Everybody's getting caught up in a spirit of, of chaos. And I'm not exonerating all policemen. There's some policemen doing some bad things as well. And it seems like... The tables have turned. We've had protesters in the past that could protest without getting violent. 
Now every single gathering has the potential of violence. Even if you tell people, I'm not violent, I'm just going there to have a prayer time, they think that you're violent because you're violent because you don't agree with them. You say there's fake news there? Oh, there is definitely fake news. Most everything you get over the network news programs is slanted to the point that you will not get the truth. They're reading off teleprompters what the networks want them to read. They're not really reading the news. They're just, yes, amen, they're just telling you what the network and the network by and large are liberals. Liberals that are willing to get violent and shut you up. You as Christians, if you say anything against sin and immorality, you are now the haters. You are the haters. It's not that you hate the homosexual person. You hate the sin. But now you're the hater. Doesn't matter. You're a hater because you don't agree with them. They will try to shut you up. Chaos in the streets. Got to do is go on Yahoo and search through the news. Somebody's protesting. Somebody shot somebody. It is a pestilence that is raging in the United States of America. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and 1 that in the last days, know also perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, unthankful, unholy, truth breakers, incontinent, Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Jesus said through the apostle, from such, turn away. Our society as a whole has gotten exceedingly hedonistic. I use that word, now I'm going to explain the word in case you, you don't use that every day. I don't use it every day, but I know what it means. It means that you're in love with yourself, that you welcome anything that'll make you feel good at any price, as long as it may not hurt somebody else. The person next to you can just be smoking pot and blowing it in your face, and it's okay. You, you, you taking drugs and welcoming the substance into your body, if it makes you feel good, it's all right. Any kind of sex don't have to be marriage. Just go ahead and, and, and do that as long as you're not hurting everybody. Doesn't matter if the Bible says against it, it's okay. It's hedonism. It happened to the Roman Empire. They were around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and they fell apart because they were immoral and had forgotten that there is one true God. They serve many gods and hedonism is just another God that people are serving today. I want it I want it now, and I don't want you to say anything against it. Otherwise, you're a hater. Can I get an amen? 
perilous times. The scriptures do say in Joel chapter 2, I think it's verse 38, that in the last days that God would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. We enjoy this now. We enjoyed it and it came into fruition strongly around the turn of the 20th century, 1906, thereabouts on the streets in L.A., on Azusa Street and in Topeka, Kansas. There was a pouring out that began of the Holy Spirit and spread abroad. But if you think that in the day we're living now there's going to be a breakout revival... If you want a breakout revival, it's not to be found in the scriptures per se, but it can be found in your life and in your church. You don't have to go and drink the Kool-Aid. You can say, I'm going to serve God today. I'm going to worship Him today. I'm going to be the best Christian that I can be. Would you go to the next slide? Are you ready for the rapture? Because it's going to take place. The drumbeat's going to get to a fevered tempo shortly. You say, well, that, we've, been, we've been waiting. How about the very same passage of scriptures Jesus said, tear this temple down, I'll rebuild it in three days. He also made reference to Herod's temple. And he said, there shall not be one stone left upon another. And he spoke all of this other stuff as well. Well, Jesus died, was buried, was resurrected three days. Fulfillment of prophecy. About two decades later, Titus the Roman proctor came into Jerusalem and ordered that every stone in the temple be torn down one by one. And when they left, it was just rubble. Fulfillment of prophecy. Do you think he's coming back? Oh yeah, he's coming back. And he's tolling, and he's giving you warning. And he's telling you, not the day nor the hour, but he's told you about the time and the season. Would you go to the next slide, please? We're headed, the world is headed, right after the rapture, the world is headed for the apocalypse. The Antichrist is alive and well somewhere today. I can prove in the same chapter that this generation that's living now, that saw the Jews come into Israel around the 24th verse in chapter 24, that generation won't pass till all these things be fulfilled. The Antichrist is alive and well somewhere on planet earth today and he's ready to step into power and release the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The white horse, he comes in as, as a good guy wearing his white hat. He's, he's going to have the answer to the missing people and the answer to the collapsed economy. He will confiscate all the financial assets and cause people to receive a mark so they can use their bank account once again. 
The next one, the white horse, the red horse, he changes colors. He comes in and now he's a world dictator and he's a military strategist and he begins to make everyone buckle under, under his authority. The next horse is a black horse and as you can see, he has a scale of balances in his hand. That's when famine will hit planet earth. And to buy or sell, you'll have to take the mark if you've been left behind. Famine sets in. And finally, the pale horse is death. And hell followed with him. Would you go to the next slide? Are you ready for that rapture? Are you ready to let Jesus make you to be the best Christian you can be? I'm not interested in the best Randall White. He was buried many, many years ago. Jesus crucified my flesh and he entered into my life and he began to live his life through me. Now I'm commanded to read his word to find out who he is and what he's all about. Not the psychology books that I can learn to be the best me. You can throw him out, bury him. I don't want to see him anymore. I want Jesus to live his life through me. Would you go to the next slide? I believe this is Jesus said. That right there ought to perk your ears. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, do you see that? Nobody, nobody cometh unto the Father but by me. Now I've studied Mohammed. He's not the man. We've read about Confucius. Had a lot of good things to say. But he's dead also. Buddha, he died a long time ago. Maybe he had some good ideas. I only know of one who resurrected on the third day. Who had been to the cross For the salvation of your soul and the forgiveness of your sin. That went to hell, took the keys away from Satan himself and led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. I know of only one that walked planet earth for 40 days visiting with his disciples and showing himself to be resurrected Christ. I know of only one that on the day of his resurrection stood between two angels and before their eyes in the company of about 500 people went to planet heaven and it's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. He's still alive. He's still alive. And he's taking care of business. God is talking. Are you listening? Would you stand with me? There's people in Texas today Good Christian people that have lost their homes. Most of them, almost all of them, their insurance doesn't cover natural disasters. I'm talking Christian folks that attend church just like you. They're having a hard time. 
they're having a difficult time. It's not God's wrath being poured out. That's to come. That's to come. God is just trying to get our attention. You'll know when God's wrath is poured out, when the heavens are raining boulders that are on fire, when there's plagues that have swept the entire earth, when all the water on planet earth will turn, well, at least two-thirds of it will turn to blood. You'll know when His wrath has come. He's trying to get your attention. We need to pray for those folks in Texas, sinners, saints alike, and if we can, we need to help them somehow, way, because that could be us. What if the entire power grid went down in California and you had no air conditioning? You've had that happen at your house when the air conditioner... Some of you don't have it and you have to go to a mall or somewhere just to cool off. I understand that. I get that. But what if the power grid failed? Those school buses were exceedingly hot. Those of you that drive for the school district and your children are passing out and you, you just don't have the resources to help them. So let's not look down our nose at people. God is just trying to get the world's attention. With the wars, the rumors of wars, with the pestilence, with the unrest in the streets, with the chaos... He's trying to say, look unto me, the author and the finisher of your faith. He's trying to give you mercy. 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 He's trying to give us mercy today. What do we have to do to be the best Christian we can be? The best Christian. Sister Liz, what do we got to do to be the best Christian? We can be. Well, God will take your personality. Those of you that are quiet and reserved, like me. You don't know me at home. You talk to that little lady right there. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I don't say things unless I've got something to say. I'm an introvert. But when I get in the pulpit, that goes. He'll take your personality and he'll use it for his glory. If you're an extrovert, he'll t- he, may, he may muffle you down a little bit. If you're an introvert, he, he may give you a little more voice. If you're a deep thinker, he may give you plans to help people and to build programs like Sister Liz has done on Thursday nights. I believe this is one of the most marvelous programs the church has ever got into bar none. You help people. You don't live just a holy life in your little eggshell. You help people. Help them. You show them mercy. That's what it's about. Our pastor is doing that with the the giveaway programs and, and literally aiding people with resources. The, the food that they need, the, the clothing they need, all of these things. And then providing them a place to come and get to know about God. Are you ready today to be the best Christian you can be? Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Look to the Word of God and become the best Christian you can be. I don't want me to be exalted. 
I don't want that carnal man to pump up. I want the spirit man to grow inside of me. And the more he grows, the more I'll be like Jesus and not like Randall. Amen?